How you doing, folks? It's your friend, Luke, the Strip Club DJ. Welcome to another episode of One Two Review. I'm alongside my buddies, Brandon. Say hello, Brandon. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, that's, uh, that is me. That's Brandon. And Alex. That's me. That's Alex. One Two Review is a little show where we rate and review movies in the simplest way possible. One point if we didn't like it. Two points if we did. We rate and review until we get to 20 points. Now kick the intro. One. Boom. All right, guys, coming in hot. Valentine's Day episode. Alex, what do you got for us? Uh, Happy February, you all. Uh, The first film that we're going to be reviewing today is a 2015 flick called Pushy and Pushover. This is a buddy cop film starring Steven Seagal, William Hinderlitter, uh, Natalie Hyde shows up in there, Claire Kaufman's in there as well. Uh, it's the story of officers Bradston and Calgary as they go after a group of gangbangers in the mean streets of Atlantic City. Uh, I enjoyed this film a little bit. Uh, what'd you guys think about Pushy and Pushover? Oh, I definitely enjoyed it. Not that I haven't seen the good cop, bad cop thing before, but this was a very unique take on it. Just the fact that one is more pushy and the other gets pushed over a lot you know it's a different perspective sure and and even down to the idea that we've seen buddy cop before i think this one is different also in the sense that it's very honest about it a lot of times you know you try to hide that within uh, you know movies like taxi driver stuff like not not taxi the uh the Jimmy Fallon one. Anyway, you try to kind of hide that within different things. And this film is very honest about it being a good cop, kind of bad cop film. Uh, and I thought that was nice. And it gave them some room to play within that context. Steven Seagal has been hurting for a win. And I think, not going to ruin my rating here yet, but I think this might be the win he's been looking for. Lighthearted, not too intense with the action. He's an aging guy, but he doesn't want to admit it in his other movies. He's still got rocket launchers strapped to his back. He's still doing roundhouse kicks, even though they're only 18 inches off the ground in his other movies. This movie, he sort of reels it back and does what Steven Seagal does best and pushes people around. He literally pushes people around. He pushes his partner around. He tells people to shut up. He tells people to go get him a, a soda, go get me a beer, go get me a cigarette. He's telling people to get him stuff all the time in this movie. And I think this is where Steven Seagal can really settle in and maybe let his true self sort of speak through his character in this one. And, and then his partner, uh, the pushover, is played by William Hinderlitter, who, as everyone knows, is still a member of SNL, one of the longest running cast members around right now. And I thought he did great about pulling back his comedy a bit and settling into the, the, the mood of this film, which is, which is comedic, but it's not the kind of comedy that we're used to seeing from Hinderlitter. Hinderlitter is always so... He plays in the background. I think a lot of people don't really even notice him on SNL. So... Um, but that's that's where his comedy his comedy is like the bass in the band, you know? You know when it's not you know when it's not there, you don't always know when it is. Um a lot of his uh a lot of his lines are whispered. Uh there's a major scene where uh when where um Calgary gets shoved into a a pile of trash in the alleyway and just so happens that while he's struggling to get out of the bags of trash he sees a major crime go down. He sees those kidnappers grabbing the girl and pulling her into uh, their secret lair. And um, 
gets on the radio and you can barely and I could see the audience straining their ears. You could barely hear, barely audible what he's uh, what he's telling his partner over the radio. And he's always very sheepish about it too. I think that, I think there might be a problem with these guys. They look like decent yeah. guys, but they I might mean, be on the wrong side of the, you know. When you're playing the pushover, man, you know, that's what you got to do and I think he nails it. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, uh, Nathalie Hyde, who plays the villain in this, which is which is a great twist. I wasn't expecting a woman to be the leader of the gang, um, you know, just again due to archetypes and stuff. But I thought she was uh, excellent in her performance as well, um, and she wears the eye patch really well. I thought. I neither I neither expected a male or a female villain because I'm kind of an open minded type of guy. Sure. But yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, I agree with that, Brandon. We need to see a little more androgyny in our in our um, antagonists in the movies here. Yeah, well, are you guys ready to rate Pushy and Pushover? Yes. Sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I can start. I I would just say... uh, I, yeah, I'm going to give it two points. I, I did enjoy this film. I don't think there was anything in it that was particularly uh, individually amazing, but I thought the whole film works very well, stays afloat, and uh, kept me entertained the whole time. It's an excellent film, so uh, two points. Um, aside from having to look at Steven Seagal's ass, I think this movie really pulled together a lot of elements that mm, maybe have fallen away from these good cop, bad cop movies over the years. Uh, sort of revisiting old themes and bringing into the limelight new themes like, um, you know, the pushover cop, the total weenie cop that never really learns. Um, so for me, this this movie does a lot and it gets two points. Now, I want to say one thing just to tack on about his ass in the film. I looked it up because I was curious. Okay, so you get to see Steven Seagal's ass twice in this film. And it's it's bad looking. It looks bad. It's kind of it's not not a good looking ass in any way. And I looked it up, and that's a body double. So I was really confused why they had a uh, a really a bad looking body do the body double. You would think normally they would pop in some young guy's ass in that scene. Uh, so I don't know. That was just confusing to me. But. I think part of it was that Seagal really likes humiliating people, and I think. Uh, if you show someone your ass and you got a great ass, it's not really as much of an insult as showing them a badass. Right. I'd also say humor. It's funnier to see a disgusting ass than a nice. I guess so. I guess so. I guess primed, so. But yeah. not that you know, not that it's a comedy, but. Sure. Well, for me, I'm going to give it two points as well. Um, Steven Seagal. Wow, this is his John Travolta and Pulp Fiction comeback moment. I'm going to be excited to see him tackle a lot of interesting roles in his future, I hope. Two points for me. Cool. That is uh, six points for Pushy and Pushover. Six points. Um, Yeah, excellent. So every week we add up the points that we give each film until we get to accumulated 20 points, and then we kind of call it a day. We use a different way of keeping score each week, and this week is no different. We are aware that today is Monday and Wednesday is Valentine's Day, and uh, you might not have made a hot date, and maybe you need ideas for that, and so... uh, we're just going to give you 20 different kind of ideas uh, for a romantic Valentine's Day way to spice that up for you or your partner or partners or, you know, however you find love in your own life. <clears throat> Great. Well, I'm going to kick it off. Well, you want to get your lover something nice that's going to last. Get him a house plant. Get him some aloe vera, especially for all the rough sex you guys are probably going to have. You want something that's going to 
cure those uh, rug burns and those that skin damage. Um, so get her, get her or him or her or them a aloe vera plant. Um, and then another great tip: don't make a big deal out of it, guys. This is just a general overview. Don't make a big deal out of Valentine's Day. Just sort of wing it, and it's gonna come off more genuine. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, I would say uh, for for my two kind of pieces of advice for Valentine's Day. I'd say a massage. Massage is a great way to show your partner you love them. Human touch is important for humans, and it's a, it's a great way. I enjoy a thigh massage the most. I like my partner to spend a good 20, 25 minutes on just my thigh area. That's my favorite. So ask your partner what part of their body they would like to be rubbed and uh, rub it for them. Uh, with that, I would also say uh, foot holding. There's a lot of hand holding that goes on. People hold hands at movie theaters, stuff like that. But there's a real erotic and romantic connection with the foot. And uh, holding a person's foot is a way of kind of conveying that to them. So those are my two kind of hints. <laughs> oh, I definitely second foot holding. Uh, my hands get real clammy really fast. And my feet don't do that. So, Well, for my two points, I'm going to keep it easy. Let's just get this one off the list right away. Chocolate. Uh, we could say all different types of chocolate because trust me there are a lot but let's just give uh, 1.2 chocolate and say okay we're done with chocolate because everybody gets chocolate on Valentine's Day right uh, for the last one I'm gonna say another one that we just need to get off the list right away geocaching everyone geocaches on Valentine's Day let's just get that off the list right away so those are my quick two points uh, we'll get more creative here for this set next set Excellent. That's six uh, six points for this week, uh, and uh, like we do, what do we do? Kick a sponsor. The best rates for international flights are at similar ETA. If you've got the time, save the money and enjoy the journey. Most flights can be made with as few as one connection, and ticket prices are reduced up to seventy percent. Sign up for our terminal club and get ten thousand points towards your next similar ETA ticket every time you give up your seat. Discount prices and your arrival is always guaranteed at similar ETA. Right on, guys. Um, the next movie is called Past and Present, starring international superstar Gourmand. Of course, we know and love him. And this is a 2017 flick um, directed by Donald Glover. And it's about a man being hunted by an alternate self from the past, but another himself from the future is there to protect him a lot of uh, timescape funny business happening here a lot of warping and um, plot twist as expected from this movie uh brandon do you have any first impressions on past and present wow i'm a fan of donald glover you know i think he's funny i like his a few of his rap songs a lot and i was very excited to hear that he was directing a movie not only a movie but a sci-fi movie like this where something I could really sink my teeth into. So uh, going into it, I was very excited, a little hesitant, but very excited. Um, also, Gourmand. Wow. I have never seen Gourmand quite like this. Nothing like you typically see him as, but I will say he was truly fascinating, and to see multiple versions of him was also quite the treat. Um, I, it was a really fun ride. Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with everything he said. I love Donald Glover. I was uh, interested that this was not a comedy. I enjoyed, I mean, there's comedic elements in it at some points, but it was cool, again, to see him do something different. And yeah, Gourmand, uh, you know, mostly from Italian film, um, but world-renowned actor and amazing to see him do his work. Uh, George uh, Davis and Hilton Wilde are also in this film. They do great jobs. 
it's a little confusing i would say the plot is a little confusing i think it's a film that almost takes two maybe even three watches to understand what's going on and especially by the end stuff really doubles down and gets more complicated so again it's it's about a guy that's being hunted by a, a, a an alternate himself from the past but then one from the future is there to protect him so it's got these elements of terminator definitely but without the i don't know the sexiness of kind of a robot it's just himself again so uh, for me it lost something there i wanted i wanted just a little more i think a little more sci-fi besides the time travel there's not too much sci-fi in this um i was hoping for a little bit more it's definitely more of a psychological film i enjoy a heady film especially when it deals with time travel and a little sci-fi stuff so for me you know it was a good good film i mean you guys touched on it a little bit i guess you could call it heady but I guess you could also just say it's confusing. And a lot of these a lot of these movies, Memento did it well, but a lot of these movies end up just a mess. Looper, eh, that was close, I think. But this movie falls short. And it's just one of these movies that about 30 minutes in, you're going, okay, I'm not going to get this. There's too much going on plot-wise. They've overthought this and i'm i'm not going to be able to wrap my head around it and for me a multiple watch movie isn't something that you go back to to try and get it's something that you go back to try to get more from now that being said donald glover lays down some bars on that soundtrack and i think that's really i think that's really a a big push for this movie is that those beats those dope futuristic beats and Donald Glover's rhymes who knew that he could really spit like that I mean especially you didn't wouldn't expect a 60 some year old guy to be able to throw down with the best of them um in addition to that Gourmand I don't know if you guys even noticed but his mastery of English is terrible at best he I think in the movie he says like 15 or 16 different English words. Half of his lines are, I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. Um, so they they wrote him in there. And I mean, he is an eccentric guy and he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but well, it, was, it was weird, though, because I think his acting is so good that I was able to forgive him for that, which was bizarre. You know, it's really weird. Okay, so like sometimes in films you have like Arnold Schwarzenegger and his character is like too strong to be, you know, a botanist or whatever. Sometimes these people are miscast. Transformers, Mark Wahlberg's this like meek scientist guy, but he's ripped. And, and, and I can't forgive those things. It's a plot hole for me. I'm like, why is this guy like this? And, and this film was interesting because Gourmand isn't supposed to have an accent at all. You know, he's supposed to be an American guy, but he's got this thick accent. He says, I suppose, I suppose so many times. But, but I thought his facial work and his, like everything else he brings to the table as an actor is engaging and amazing. And I, I somehow was okay with his character having an Italian accent, even though he wasn't supposed to. It is strange. It is strange, but to say this, but his facial expressions were undoubtedly American. Sure. Yeah, that's Gourmand, man. I think he's, you know, he's been doing this for a very long time and he's very good. He's very good. He's Gourmand. Yeah, he's no longer doing method. I, I read on the press. He kind of gave up method hmm. acting. Wow. And he's just jumping he in. He just like jumps that, in That's cold. Nuts. Yeah. He's like, he's he's totally himself. He has a good time. And then right before they call action, he he then jumps into it. It's like a new thing. So Then the veil falls. Right. 
the mask comes on. Pretty amazing to see. Really yeah. good stuff. Um, yeah, you guys ready to rate past and present? Yes. Sure. All right, uh, Brandon, would you uh, start us out? For me, this is a no-brainer. Thank you, Donald Glover. I will be watching this movie again. I think it's heady. I don't think it's confusing. Uh, two points for me. Pseudo-intellectuals will tell you that this is, like, heady, that it's um, not for the masses. It's for not for people that aren't well-read. I'm here to tell you that it's just a mess. Um, I will be listening to the soundtrack. Two sidecore points for that. But the movie itself is, uh, it needs work. So one point for past and present. Oh, man, I'm in such a pickle here. I really don't know what to give this film. Uh, there was elements I very much enjoyed, elements that I didn't really enjoy. Um, I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a two because I only got to see it once. And I, I have a hope that if I see it again, I'm going to kind of get more from it and that it'll start to unfold a little bit. So I'm going to give it a, a two points. Um, but but it's a close one there, Mr. Uh, Glover. A close one. Uh, all right, that's six points for past and present. Oh, five points. Five points, yes. Of course, Luke gave it one point. So five points for past and present. Um, so something I'm going to recommend for your Valentine's Day. I've got two things to recommend for you. Uh, one of them is uh, a great graveyard time. Um how to put this the best way just uh, spend time uh, in a graveyard with your loved one Uh, and for my second one i'm gonna say wine wine is an excellent social lubricant as well as a romantic lubricant i've had uh, great success drinking wine with uh, partners so uh, those are my two hints all right well speaking of lubricant i'm gonna jump in with my two points here iou cards these are great these are the true social lubricant you give somebody an iou card it's like currency basically they kind of like the original cryptocurrency oh cryptocurrency Uh oh Oh. luke should we take a minute that means we got one we've got one minute on the clock here for luke's crypto corner all right as you guys know last week we took a big hit on bitcoin ethereum saw a major drop um this isn't so much i know i've been showing coins this isn't so much i think i want to tell people about the value of the us dollar don't miss out on that definitely hedge your bets set a little aside in usd um maybe euros maybe canadian money as well uh you know i would keep my canadian portfolio under 10 percent for sure but uh, don't forget about regular money too, guys. That's still there. You can still use that anytime you need. All right, that's Luke's crypto minute. All right, yeah. So that's All right. Time. All right, excellent. And uh, for my yeah, my final get? point here is something I actually did one year. Go to a trapeze and do a trapeze act with your loved one. Those are my two points. Um. This year, I don't know, man. I mean, Valentine's Day, it's such a commercial thing. Why don't you make some money off of it? Get a little business together with your lover. Cash in on Valentine's Day. Here, I've got a couple. How about making cards, um, but with the with your own personal... You, know, you guys can have some rough sex. You can bang around, rub it on your body, and it's already got that animal pheromone on the cards. I mean, there's a million ideas. There's money out there to snatch... And if you're just sitting around and you're schmuck paying for candies and flowers instead of making money off of a holiday like this, 
maybe you should rethink that. So there's my advice for Valentine's Day. Excellent, excellent advice. Uh, all right, that's five more things that you can do to spice up your Valentine's Day for a total of 11 points. And with that, we kick it to a sponsor. All right, guys, it's Valentine's Day. And, you know, let's give her something romantic, but let's also give him or her something they need. How about water? Let's always remember to stay hydrated. And this Valentine's Day, let Charlie's Water Chocolates help you do that. That's right. Each chunk of Charlie's Water Chocolate contains the same powerful hydrating power as nearly two full glasses of water. That's right. Full water. So enjoy yourself and enjoy each other on this lovely Valentine's Day. All right, thanks for bearing with me. I know I have a cold. I probably sound terrible. Hopefully I will not have a cold next week for both of our sakes. I'm here to kick off our next movie. This movie I was actually very excited about. I love documentaries. I love music documentaries. So when the two worlds collide, trust me, I get very excited. This is a movie called Play Freebird. This was a documentary about the saying you hear at every concert all the time, still to this day. Some schmuck in the back will yell out, hey, play Freebird. I'll tell you what, some people don't even know what that is. Or it, was an ori- it, it was a song at one point. I, I think it still is a song. Uh, this documentary traces back the roots of Freebird and why people yell it out so often. Uh, what do you guys think of this film? Um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I definitely, I was curious to know if it was still a song too, and it is, uh, which was good to know that it's still around. And it was cool to hear about just the origin. Of, so that's the thing is, you know, there's lots of band documentaries and stuff. It was neat to hear the origin about one single song, Do you know, to dedicate two hours to two hours plus. Uh, it's kind of a long film uh, towards this one song was pretty interesting uh, about, you know, Leonard Skinner and how they came up with it. And, you know, it was originally released in November 1974 and it was uh, 87 on the Billboard Top 100, all this stuff. It was just neat to hear all these facts about, you know, a specific thing that has been a through line throughout my whole life. Yeah, I mean, it was fun to learn that Leonard Skinner was such a scumbag back in the day. I mean, obviously, as a rock star, you're going to be getting a lot of uh, interest from the, you know, from the opposite sex and no different for this rock star. But you, the thing is, his girlfriend really wanted to, to lock him down, really wanted to get him to stop screwing around and not just behind her back in front of her face. Um and so he created this song. He wrote this song to just sort of put it out there that no matter what you do, no matter what I do, I'm going to be this guy that's going to be sleeping around. I'm a free bird. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's familiar with Leonard Skinner's history. He's, you know, always been kind of that character, always been a rock star and always a person that uh, strives for freedom in not only his music, but in his lifestyle. Right. Now, if we can get to the spoiler, I'd like to discuss why people actually yell out Freebird at concerts. Is that okay? Please. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. Spoiler. I found this fascinating. Okay, so... Spoiler. People yell out Freebird actually due to a freak accident that happened at a concert in the 80s. So apparently a bunch of birds were set loose in this auditorium arena type of thing, and some of them got caught in the scaffolding above the band. And so people in the crowd started saying, free bird, free bird. They want let that bird free, get that bird out of there. And the band just took it as they wanted to hear free bird. So they started playing free bird. Sadly, that bird never quite made it out and then fell from the sky, hit, hitting Leonard on the head. So that was 
quite the story. It is. It's pretty pretty ridiculous, you know. But but that's how often I think origin stories are. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of that story is uh, rock mythology, you know. Like we all know, Ozzy Osbourne never bit the head off a real bat. It was just a big jelly. Um, and in Freebird, this this idea that um, that the bird died in there, I think uh, I think a lot of people were speculating that it wasn't even a bird at all. It was just a roadie's shoe. Um, you got stuck up there and got vibrated loose by the by the base. So um, it's it's so lost. You know, it's a time before internet though. So there's no Instagram pictures. There's no way of you know really and that and the film delves like into folklore that, you know that it's just past some history yes is lost and that's beautiful it becomes like yeah he said folklore yeah i'm inclined to believe it whatever it's a cool story yeah um yeah what you guys want to rate uh play freebird or you guys anything else to say about it oh we should say it was directed by uh kenneth pala palacios palacios i'm not sure how to say his name but uh yeah anything else to say or should we rate it I'm ready to review it. Um, just to our users out there, don't fucking scream out free bird at a concert. Unless there's a bird up in the rafters, you know, if that situation creates itself again. Unless you got some extra fried chicken that you want to give out. Oh, Ooh, that's go. a good excuse. I, I'd do that. I'd get fried chicken at a concert, I should say. Yeah, that's um, really underrated concert food. I think it's probably the bones are a problem. So if you got some boneless strips, some t- chicken I, tenderloins. I think the smell is distracting. That's you true. Know, you're there to listen to music, and if you've got an overpowering chicken smell next to you, it's hard to focus on that uh, part of your senses. That's true. I'd like to see a concert for that sense, a concert for my nose. No, oh, nose concert. Uh, well, it seems like we're getting a little bit away from the film, so let's, let's throw uh, some points before we get too far away. Uh, I'm gonna give uh, play Freebird. Um, I'm, I'm gonna give it one point. It was interesting, but it didn't do too much for me at the end of the day. Um, I already knew a lot about Leonard Skinner and you know all of his. You know, I read his autobiography and stuff. So, uh, yeah, one point for me. <clears throat> hey, you guys don't know this about me, but I am a DJ and I love music. I love a lot of songs in popular music, underground B sides, but this song I fucking hate. I hate Freebird. I hate the self-indulgent solo that goes on for what feels like 15 minutes. I hate the stupid lyrics, and um, I don't like the drum part either, even though the guy's a solid drummer. Um, That being said, this movie did cover the topic of screaming some stupid shit at a concert, saying Freebird out loud, the dumbest thing you can say. Um, I just hope it doesn't encourage that sort of behavior to music goers out there. I think this generation's got it covered. Um, that being said, I got to give Play Freebird a point. This should not have come out. Wow, bold. For me, two points. Yeah, I don't like Leonard Skinner. I hate that song, and I hate people that yell that out. But to hear this folklore about a song, and whether or not it's true, I don't know. I almost don't care. I like the story about the brown M&Ms on the rider. I like the story of uh, Ozzy Osbourne. I like Marilyn Manson taking out a rib. Why not? Uh, so for me, two points. Excellent. That is uh, Fair enough. four points for uh, Play Freebird by Kenneth Palacios. 
Where does that bring us? 15 points. So we got to give our listeners four other uh, romantic pieces of advice. Here we go. Here's a kind one. Pay off your lover's debt. You don't even have to tell him. Just do it quietly. Uh, another one, bags. Bags are always a good gift. Get your lover a bag. Maybe something nice. Cool. I, I recommend always a solid choice on Valentine's Day. Make a reservation at a cool, fancy, nice restaurant. That, or don't waste that time and just get a Yanni's dinner pod. Uh, I have definitely used those twice in the past two months, and I love the Yanni's dinner pod. It's an excellent product. So I know they're a sponsor. Uh, they didn't pay me to do this. This is just my own little plugging because I think it's a good product. Uh, yeah, Valentine's Day is a great time for lovers. Great time for lovers to explore each other, too. So I would say open up your boundaries and um, something that was a no on your list of sexual do's and don'ts, make it a yes. Pick one. It doesn't have to be anything too extreme. But when you guys are uh, going at it, going wild, um, let them have that one thing that you uh, restricted before. Yeah, maybe just for maybe a day. something off the appetizer menu. Nothing off the main courses, but maybe something on the appetizer. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll see your relationship grow and flourish. I mean, you're both gonna have dessert anyways. There you go. Add an extra appy. Two for one on Valentine's Day. Excellent. Good advice. All right, well, that's 15 points, and with that, we will head on the final, the final movie. movie. No, no, no. The final, the final sponsor. sponsor. Maybe. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> All right. A new study released on Tuesday said that spiders eat an estimated 400 to 800 million metric tons of insects per year. Spiders are nature's pest controllers responsible for the consumption of mosquitoes, houseflies, earwigs, roaches, clothing moths, skitters, ants, gnats, plattercrafts, water bugs, Japanese courtyard flies, and countless other creepy crawlers. Clean up your house today. Order a bag of spiders. Use promo code REVIEW to receive a spider tote bag. Find out more at spiderbag.pl. All right, thanks for that, guys. Uh, this next movie is called Nell Returns. Now, I don't know if, if you guys remember the original Nell from the 90s. Uh, Jodie Foster Jody Foster plays a, an abandoned child who grows up uh, by her own devices in a cabin in the woods. So without any kind of social interaction, she has to figure out how to be human on her own terms. Eventually, Liam Neeson or someone comes and and uh, brings her back to regular society, teaches her English. And, um, but this is the second part of that story where Nell wants to revisit her roots, her, her, um, her childhood upbringing. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. In the woods by herself and she returns to the woods and we see what happens and Nell returns. First impressions? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a, uh, it's a rewind kind of, you know, it's a returning. It's, it's the uh, other half of the circle that is the story of Nell, uh, the return to the source. It's Matrix 3, uh, and uh, I didn't like it. You did not like it. <laughs> well, I did Alex not like uh, Nell Returns. I did not. Uh, but Brandon, what did you think? Well, okay, so Nell is like a pretty sad movie. I remember being pretty sad, even as a kid watching that movie. So... Nell 2, I went into it thinking, wow, okay, it's going to be a sad movie. Was it a sad? No. Was it as entertaining? Maybe. Uh, Jodie Foster was great. 
and I will say I enjoy the way it bookend her story. Uh, it's the little things, you know. She's she's reintegrated with society now. She's working. She has a life of her own, and then she realizes she starts forgetting her original language for you know the television or uh, the window. She says, "Well, what did I used to call that?" She can't remember. And she starts realizing she misses that kind of feral aspect of her life. Uh, so she goes back to the cabin and uh, slowly but surely she starts rediscovering that. Um, I will say outside of the film itself, Jodie Foster making a very bold career move with this. Um, there's a lot of kind of mm, raw aspects to her performance to, of course, going revisiting back into nature. You've got to do everything the caveman way the old-fashioned way um catching fish with her hands uh you know going going to the bathroom and the trees and the bushes all that gets recaptured in this movie and um i don't know it's pretty it's pretty grotesque some of it yeah i don't know i just i couldn't handle jodie foster looking at bark and mumbling and yeah, like great acting moments for sure, but almost too much acting. It's a moments, different time you know? now. In the '90s, this would have flew pretty far, but I think you know. Oh, this would have done excellent in the '90s. This film would have crushed it. You know, it definitely would have won some Best Picture noms, but I don't know. The fact that they couldn't get Liam Neeson or whoever back uh, was kind of disappointing. Yeah, who was that? Who was that actor? He looked exactly like Liam Neeson. A oh, Peter Jones. I don't even know who that guy is. Peter Jones. It's Nick Swartzen's dad. That's no, crazy. Really? What a small yeah. world. Yeah. He looked exactly like him, but but it was distressing to know that that was not Liam Neeson. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's obvious when you hear him talk, he talks with that thick Minnesota accent. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Well, Liam could throw that thing on if he That's needed true. to. <clears throat> but Ringer for, for Liam. Um you know, I don't, I don't know if this thing is really gonna crash and burn like you think it is, Alex. Because uh, from the original movie, there's a lot of people. They call themselves the Nellies, mm-hmm. giant cult oh, following, yeah. giant cult following of the original Nell. They even go on uh, annual excursions out into the woods. That phony speaking in tongues type language that you think is just totally phony baloney made up by Jodie Foster. That's actually a written textbook that the Nellies created, uh, like the Klingon. Um, Klingon, right? Exactly, like the Klingon people and uh, Lord of the Rings people. They they created that elfin language. Um, the Nellies also wrote down this feral grunting and and gloop glorp language that that uh, Jodie Foster came up with for the original movie. It's kind of ironic, right? Um, if she had this uh, textbook in the movie, she wouldn't have had this. Uh, this movie huh? wouldn't have ex- existed. There you go. Yeah, so I mean, a lot. Like I was saying, a big driving force behind the creation of this film is, of course, the Nellies. And uh, you know, we say this a lot of times. But maybe this one isn't for us. I don't really even know if this is for anybody but the Nellies. Um, but I think there were some redeeming qualities to it. Are we guys? Uh, are you guys ready to? Uh, you got anything more you want to tack onto this re- review? No, I'm solid. No, I mean, yeah. I'm just going to give it one point. If if you want to watch Jodie Foster wade into a river up to her ankles, or sorry, up to her knees, and 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 bark. yell at fish and bark at fish, yeah, whatever you want to call it, um, then fucking check out Nell Returns. But but if 
you want to see, you know, something, if you're a millennial and you need to see some action, put in almost anything else. But uh, it, like you said, there's a market for it, but uh, I ain't it. So uh, one point for Nell Returns. Um, yeah, if you want to have a really good time on this movie, watching this movie, I would say take some kind of wild um, uh, ethnogen or whatever it's called. Uh, something that, that makes you like trip out, like eat. Eat like a muscaria mushroom or something. We don't endorse that. That was just a joke, of course. But I think if you really want to enjoy this, get fucked up and watch this because it's um, <clears throat> it's just so weird. Um, so that being said, for its weirdness factor and for the fact that it got Alex so riled up, I got to give it two points. Wow. Well, I think um, I would normally say one. You would expect me to say one. Here's the thing, though. I actually am a Nelly. I'm going to come out and say it. This is something I haven't said before publicly, but I actually am a Nelly, and I am a huge fan of the first Nell movie. So I have to give this movie two points. Thank you. Well, Brandon, we know you like being sad. We didn't know that you liked being that sad. It's kind of emo. Yeah, you're right. We're not going to judge you, dude. Thanks. Not on the show. I appreciate it. Not on the show. Thank you. All right. Well, that's five points for uh, Nell Returns. Five points. Kick us. Oh, wait. 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 <laughs> All right. So we got five more Valentine's Day set your day on fire suggestions, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I only got to give one, uh, and and mine is read the Count of Monte Cristo aloud. Um, it, you can actually breeze through the book pretty quick. You can do it in two and a half hours if you're a quick reader. Uh, I switch off with my partner. Uh, something about it, it's just a tradition that I've always had, and I've always kind of put onto whatever partner I'm with at the time. Uh, for me, it just reminds me of my father. So uh, that's my recommendation. No doubt. And if there's any holiday where your father belongs, it's Valentine's Day, right, Alex? A lot of father memories on Valentine's Day. A lot of great times to revisit memories of loved ones. Um, but you know me, I like practical options. I like practical approaches to things. Uh, wash up. Get that body nice and clean. I know you're looking at what to buy, what to do, reservations wash your body and get in there really good guys um my second suggestion would be to get a great night's sleep beforehand just rest up get ready for all that amazing sex amazing hardcore banging you guys are going to be doing for valentine's day and um get ready for that all right um here's a fun one that i think everybody needs to do Put it in your calendar. Sometimes I forget to put it in my calendar. I, I like schedule other things, and then someone says, uh, "Dude, that's Valentine's Day. You can't do that." And I go, "Oh yeah." So add Valentine's Day to your calendar, so you don't schedule other things. Uh, what else am I gonna say? I'm gonna tell you. It's always on the 13th. Is that true? 14th. There you go. See, calendar. Yeah, mark your calendars. Very important. Second, just have like a safe space where you can say whatever you want. Just say, hey, this is a safe space. Put out some chalk on the ground. You put in there, not one foot, both feet. Both people are in the, in this circle. In this circle, you can say whatever you want, and you're totally safe. So make a little safe space. Put that on your calendar. Excellent. 
you know, Brandon, Oprah, Oprah tried that a year ago and it caused a lot of breakups. So guys, be careful with that safe space. Maybe create a second circle outside of the safe space that is a safe space for the safe space, saying that anything that happens within the safe space is negated by the safer space. So you can't really break up over it. You can still be careful with that second circle. Yeah. Most importantly, make sure it's not a square. Those are sharp on all four sides. For sure. What I found works is if you do a third circle outside that one for an extra safe. Or if you just encompass the the smaller circles in a huge circle, and then you're kind of covered, right? Well, and then in that fourth circle, that's where you get a lawyer for each side, and they can negotiate alongside your um, shared space. Just hire a couple attorneys. Yeah, all, that's Valentine's great advice. Day. That's a bonus advice for you on Valentine's Day. Hire great attorneys. Yeah. Oh. You don't know what's going to happen, guys. We should probably wrap it up. I know Alex has other things to do. I have a cold, and Luke is always busy. Mm-hmm. So. i got to get going. Um, but, you know, very important. I would like to give a shout-out to Rab. Rab! Rab for supporting Number one us. Patreon donor. Our Patreon donor, Thank Rab. You. Appreciate your support there, Rab. Uh, anything else we got to tell these folks before we're we got to tell out? them what movies we're going to review next week, Alex? Thank you all so much for listening. We also have a Patreon page as well as one reviewcom Please check those out and think about becoming a Patreon donor if you haven't already. Uh, Rap. Next week we will be reviewing Bloodskill, Sheep of My Father, Tough Going Good, Pink Lagoon, and Sweet Dough. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>